Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now, a bunch of news. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. And if you've got tips or stories you want us to cover, email us at comicbookclublive at gmail.com. Let's kick it off with one from earlier in this week. Geraldine Viswanathan is stepping in for AO Debris in Thunderbolts. We don't know what AO was playing in the movie, but now it's Geraldine playing. Um, cool. <laughs> cool. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I f- feel like the real story here is it's wild that AO and Steven Yun both bailed on this movie mm-hmm. at, at the same time they were winning every TV award uh, at the Emmys. So, like, the maybe the takeaway is like, people aren't. Like I have to do this Marvel project mm-hmm. now because they they just were like bailed out for not another thing that we know of particularly. Well, they both said scheduling conflicts and they're both very into band people. But I think yeah. your point is apt that it's not the thing that riled up every single film, bro, that people would imply Marvel. A Marvel role is like the pinnacle of your career because monetarily and Cache. publicity yeah. wise. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, it's not, it's not there anymore. It's not. Yeah, I know. And it's, that's a, uh, that's too bad because losing out on, I think we're realizing more and more that the reason the MCU movies were such big hits was purely talent, mm-hmm. the talent who the actors and certainly some of the filmmakers and stuff, but the on-screen talent that was able to roll with all the changes, improvise, create these moments and characters that were special, and now they're losing talent because of they lost a veneer and other scheduling things. So that's it's tough. Well, and I think that's an interesting observation because that goes counter to the narrative that's run for the past decade that these heroes, these roles were bigger than the individual actors. And I think what we are finding is that's not true. I think the biggest case of that that I've been thinking around a lot is like Robert Downey Jr. was kind of the linchpin of this franchise, right? Like as as much as we'd like to think it was all about the Marvel heroes, it was the stories, it was the Infinity Stones, it was them versus Thanos. The Iron Man movies were always the biggest movies. He was getting the biggest payday. He was bringing butts into the seats. And then when you killed him, people were like, thank you. Good story. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Yeah. Well, and like also he was the tone. He created mm-hmm. the tone of being a superhero who can be funny and dramatic at the same time. And they've tried to replicate that tone. And it's hard. Other mm-hmm. actors can't do that. That's a hard skill. You forget that Robert Downey Jr., despite the fact that he was a, sort of a little bit down and out when he started the Iron Man franchise, is an actor who's been acting, had been acting for 20 years, had led movies all up and down different types of movies, is a very legit actor. Of, like the movie Chaplin, he's amazing and one of my mm-hmm. favorite movies. And so, like, you, you put him in charge of it. Yeah, it's going to be good because he's got those skills. It's much harder to do that when you don't have that experience to be able to switch gears with authenticity from comedy to to drama while also wearing a crazy green screen outfit and shit. So it's like, well, and they've just to be clear, like this isn't slagging off any of the actors they brought in. I think they've done a good job of grabbing people like the first person that came to mind is Tatiana Maslati, who is amazing and also an Emmy winning actor and golden globes, or I don't remember if she won both of them, but whatever it is, like she also knows her way around green screen from orphan black and other things. But like, 
they didn't know exactly what to do with her in She-Hulk yeah. and how to harness her in exactly the same way, even though she's very, very fun. Or on the opposite edge of the spectrum, Benedict Cumberbatch, another really excellent actor, being like, oh, you're our backup Robert Downey Jr.? That's not how he works. Like, that's yeah, not, exactly. Like, I know I'm in the minority here, but I felt he was basically uncomfortable until the most recent Doctor Strange movie. Like, he always seemed to be bristling against the role. He seemed much more yeah. comfortable at having fun in Multiverse of Madness, despite all that movie's faults. But at the same time, I think part of that is them being like, okay, when Downey Jr. leaves, you're going to step up to the forefront and you're going to be the guy. And that's not they're different characters. Tony St- yeah. they both have beards. They have some very similar beards. Yeah. Different characters. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Look familiar right here. Oh yeah. We're basically the same guy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that said, before we move on, I do want to mention that I love Geraldine Viswanathan. She is great. If you've never watched her in Blockers, she is hilarious. That's a very funny mm-hmm. movie. Also, Miracle Workers with Daniel right. Radcliffe. First two seasons, great. After that, eh, not so much. But she's still really excellent throughout. It also seems like, to pick up something we were talking about last week, where Stephen Young left and they are now looking at Lewis Pullman for his role. This seems a little bit more like a one-to-one to me because right. they're both off-kilter comedy people, like off-kilter yeah. modern comedy. So it's like, okay, they're very different types, but at the same time, Clearly, this is a comedy role. The person who's like, what's happening now? Yeah. So it's cool. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Why don't we move on to a couple of quick Daredevil Born Again things. As we talked about last week, this is filming in New York. So it's public. People can take pictures. There's a lot of stuff going on. And we got two little things that bumped out this week. First of all, we know what Mayor Fisk's slogan is going to be per a hat Ooh. being worn by Charlie Cox. The Fisk for Mayor slogan is Fisk can fix it. What do you think? Got my vote. Really good. <laughs> yeah. Really good stuff. I mean, I love Fix It Felix from the Wreck It Ralph series, and this feels <laughs> like that picks right up on it. So it's going to crush it. Talk about it, like uh, a figure that is like known as the Kingpin, very intimidating. He's like, I can fix it. Like he's a, <laughs> a little kid Hit with a wrench. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I am glad that they didn't do a make America great again. Riff. I'm very happy yep. about that. That yeah. said, there's been a ton of discussion back and forth online over the past week in particular on the mayor Fisk storyline where people have been like, hold on. So let me get this. He's been thrown in jail. He's been investigated by the FBI. He's committed multiple crimes and he's running for mayor of New York. That's crazy. And then other people like in quotes being like, hold on, you know, just pointing out, I don't know, look at our real world, look at uh, our actual election. We talked about this a little bit, but how, how much do you think they're going to skirt real world politics here? I feel like they will want to avoid it. It is crazy. Like they're, if they're telling a very overtly political story and this story in the comic books was definitely commenting on actual politics to, to do that, but also keep, I feel like they're going to want to just avoid it in a very political year, but this will be coming out next year when the heat will be down a little bit. So, but I guess to answer your question, I feel like they will avoid any strong real world mm-hmm. connections. Yeah, they're not going to pick Trump speeches and then just sub in Fisk for Trump or anything like that. Find replace. Yeah. Probably not. Here's Thank you for saying one. Trump speeches. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Rambles. prepared words in a document? Gotcha. Yep. Nope. 
Uh, well, to be fair, Fisk got shot in the face, so maybe he'll bubble and uh, ramble exactly in the same way. Great point. Yes. Don't arrest Somehow me. missed his eye, even though I'm in his eye. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's the Marvel Universe. It's cool. Uh, here's another one. You're going to lose your mind over this, Justin, because I know what your big fad you are. But one of your favorite characters from the Marvel Netflix shows is back. Yes. Sergeant Detective Sergeant Brett Mahoney, uh, played by yes. Royce Johnson, is back. Detective and a sergeant in your face. <laughs> um, I mean... So this is a character that, to be honest with you, I completely forgot until people were like, yes, Brett Mahoney is back. He was in two seasons of Daredevil. He was in Jessica Jones. He was in Punisher. He's a good actor. Once I looked him up, I was like, oh, right, that guy, he was pretty good. Uh, And he's usually the guy on the police department who's like, you vigilantes are really impeding my investigation. And then he investigates anyway. Um, Cool. I, I, I continue to be very wary about how directly this is clearly Daredevil season four, but maybe I'm the only one. I mean, yes, definitely. But I think that's probably why they're going back and redoing it. So it's not just that, I would think. No, I I think they're going in the opposite direction. Like, I think it seems like they're leading into like, yeah, this is straight up the Netflix series. We are doing it again. All the actors are back. It's going to have the same basing. Here we go. When to me... I was mixed reception on the Netflix series, so I'd love for them to take some bigger chances. But Hollywood, I would think they're not gonna, known for bigger chances. <laughs> I would think they want to connect it more to that series, given the new world where Netflix sort of won the streaming wars, and this show will exist right next to the Netflix series eventually. Um, that they they will do that, but plus it up and try to make it a better version of that. Yeah. All right. We will see. Let's move on to what if the director of the series or a couple of the episodes uh, talked about some of the ideas that didn't make it either into season two or the upcoming season three. Apparently, they pitched a musical episode multiple times. He said there's four different ones that could have gone musical. Uh, They were also really wanted to do Pet Avengers. And apparently there was a pirate one. They were going to do like Marvel Pirates. Uh, and I don't know. Goofy. Yeah. The focus was specifically, and I can see where they came on this from, uh, the focus was going to be on crossbones mm, where he's tracks. thinking, quote, why not hang up the swashbuckle and maybe settle down? And everyone was like, come out and party. And he's like, no, I don't feel like that anymore. And applying the swashbuckling world and a swashbuckling thing. Uh, apparently I'll just run through these and then we could talk about them pitching for season three. They had a bunch of different episodes where they're going to try to get kiss involved. Honestly, yeah, I read this to your notes. I was like, "Kiss, what does that stand for?" Oh, the band Kiss. Jeez, what? <laughs> Why? Yeah. Um, there was going to be yeah, there was going to be a galactic battle of the bands where villains and heroes were all competing, and they're all trying to do their best and most awesome rock. The judges of the competition at the very end of this were going to be Kiss. Uh, so, so great. Weird. Uh, and third season, they were trying to. They do get to play around a bit, uh, which you said was great. But at the same time, there were ones that were left on the table. They apparently had a, again, this is a direct quote from an interview with Marvel.com, a crazy samurai one that was going to be just hardcore, just brutal and awesome, would sell a lot of toys. It was also a little bit more <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> this this whole interview wow. sounds like a wild mishmash of things that they were just pitching in the room. I mean, I will say that it does sound fun. It sounds like yeah. they're just throwing a ton at the wall. So maybe this this season, a show that is a, has a stable place in the MCU project, 
feels like maybe it will be a little weirder, a little more fun and funny. I, I will say, and I know this is part of the business, but we don't, at least I don't think about it a lot of the time. Um, him mentioning toys here and then later on in the interview, he's like, there's an episode in season three that's going to sell so many toys. This is clearly part of the process that we don't talk about too much that like Iron Man has a different costume every movie because they need to sell new toys. Well, reading this MCU book, the history of the development of the MCU, uh, that came out a couple months back. So much of the beginning of this was toys, toys first. Ike Perlmutter, the, um, the I use this word realistically, psychopath who <laughs> ran Marvel before he was ousted. Um, all he cared about was how can we sell toys? Because that's how he made his money and how, that's how they kept Marvel afloat when bankruptcy was what was happening. So they use a word like, is this toyetic? How can we make this movie more toyetic? And it seems like that's still a big part of it. Well, and that's the reason we didn't have Captain Marvel or Black Panther for so long is because Ike Perlmutter, who, again, psychopath, racist, uh, sexist, yeah. was like, oh, women and black people don't sell toys. Yes. <laughs> Those are yeah. almost exact quotes. You could go back and the, search. Them. Yes. And the beauty of that he was, is he was proven devastatingly wrong. <laughs> so <Yes>. shouts to that. <laughs> Cool, cool, cool. All right, let's. This is a pure speculation one, but there's a lot of rumors about this. Is a Deadpool three trailer coming to the Super Bowl? That that's pretty much. There's a lot of speculation. Like, there's a lot of rumors of like, here's what the trailer is going to look like. I don't think anybody knows what they're talking about at this point. But my answer is yes. Of course, there is. What? Do you yes, think? a million percent. We're getting. I think it's more in the teaser category than trailer, mm -hmm. but. 100 percent here so they've finished filming so they have a ton of footage to potentially work off of the and they had a lot of footage pre-strike they could have also used exactly so we i i will throw out two possibilities to you one possibility is we get a straight up trailer though i think that's probably more going to drop online because you're going to want cursing you're going to want violence you're going to want to be like yeah yep this is our r-rated mcu movie I think whatever ends up in the Super Bowl either could be footage or probably more likely, given it's Ryan Reynolds, something that is meta about a Super Bowl ad. That's what I was thinking. I think yeah. we get a meta Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman. 100%. Yeah, yeah, I could see like 30 seconds of them just hanging out on a couch watching the game and be like, oh, we forgot to show the trailer. And then be like, go online to see the full trailer for Deadpool yeah. 3. Some sort of prank thing. Mm -hmm. They pull two different spots of them pulling a prank on each other. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. But I, there's no doubt in my mind we're going to get something tied into the Super Bowl from Deadpool 3. That should be very exciting. Uh, another thing on Deadpool 3, on the Japanese Disney site, I, I don't remember whether it was Disney or Disney+. Plus. Very briefly, there was a description of Deadpool 3 that was translated as... Uh, language here. I'm sorry. That fucking oh. irresponsible hero Deadpool will change the history of the MCU <laughs> with Wolverine. And then they deleted it. Uh, yeah. Put that. That should be the log line for this movie. <laughs> and I think that's what it is. That's yeah. what it is. Absolutely. Uh, this sounds to me like somebody was just putting in some placeholder text and then people caught on to it. Um, but Well, and let me say, though, I do think that's the plot of the movie. I yeah. think it's. Dead, the irresponsible Deadpool gets access to the multiverse, some sort of like uh, TVA uh, mm -hmm. keypad or whatever. 
And he goes through and brings all of the garbage movie characters mm-hmm. to the forefront is what 100%. I think the plot is. Yeah, I think that totally makes sense. I am curious, again, with the whole Ryan Reynolds being able to like pivot very quickly of it all. I think we might even see like a Loki cameo or something where he's like, you're a tree as he's passing yeah, by. Great. That's something good. Like that. We'll just keep pitching jokes until they end up at the movie. Yeah. Uh, here's something that is never going to happen. So Cheo Hodari Coker, who is the showrunner of Luke Cage, responded to a tweet being like, why were all the villains black people in Luke Cage? And he was like, LOL, I was just trying to give black people work. And yeah. it went super viral on X. Like everybody was sharing that great post. He's good. He's good at social media. What can I say? Um, yeah. But somebody asked him like, wait, what was the plan for season three? Would Luke have still been the king of Harlem or what was going to happen? And so he listed what seems to be the 13 episode titles for season three, uh, which are in order. Public enemy number one. Don't believe the hype. Louder than a bomb. Burn Hollywood. Burn. You're going to get yours. Can't trust it. Brothers gonna. Can't do nothing for you, man. Shut him down. Shut him what you got. Uh, show them what you got, excuse me. Black Steel in the Hour of Chaos. Welcome to the Terror Dome and Rebel Without a Pause. Obviously, we don't know anything about that, but it is a bummer that I think yeah. they have like a whole season three of Luke Cage and are definitely never going to do it. I know it is a shame, and these seem fun. The mm-hmm. one that sticks out to me is Black Steel in the Hour of Chaos. That feels like a full black exploitation movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, potentially, that would have been. Very cool. Maybe a throwback to like classic uh, Luke Cage Power Man look and feel. Yeah, we got that that with the origin stuff in season two, if I remember correctly. But to your point, totally like that would be awesome. They could have gone so many different places, Um, even though I was mixed about season two. I think like I would have wanted to see more. Maybe. I don't know if Daredevil Board again becomes a hit and Mike Coulter's schedule gets open. Maybe we'll see it. Who knows? Yeah, let's go. Uh, Next up, this is very sketchy, but in a report by Forbes, they dropped that Echo reportedly cost $40 million to make, which is very different from the reported, say, $225 million that She-Hulk cost to make. Um, I say very sketchy because they provide no backing evidence for this. Don't link out anywhere. Don't report on anything. So maybe this is a number they're just making up. Forbes is partially user-generated, so there's not a lot of checks and balances there, but mm. let's say, sake of argument, it did cost $40 million. Um More shows like that, right? <laughs> well, uh, in some ways. I think, yes, they sure. should try to spend less on shows, but you know, I think Echo's a, di- a different case, because I feel like that was a show where they probably had planned to spend more money, and then in some point in the production, they were like, cut off the faucet, money faucet, and stop spending money on this. And that's why we ended up where we ended up, which still resembled a TV show. Uh, so I bet price tags will be more like this on TV shows going forward, and hopefully they will find ways to just have them work better than what Echo was. Uh, speaking of things that may or may not work better going forward, in an overall look at the Sony part of the Marvel Universe, Variety reported that El Muerto is still in development, though sadly, Bad Bunny is no longer in the role. Who do you want to play? And I know this is one of your favorite characters. Who do you want to play El Muerto? (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know enough about any of this to be weighing in. I mean, Bad Bunny, the idea of Bad Bunny in a 
uh, a Sony uh, Marvel production would be huge. So that's a shame. And I, I don't know how much of an actor Bad Bunny is, but like the idea of someone that famous right now being like, I want to do this cool superhero thing would be dope. But yeah, so I don't know where we where do they go from there. I don't know. I don't know why you would be in development. This seemed like a sort of thing where, to your point, they're trying to get Bad Bunny in a Sony Marvel movie, not we got to do an El Muerto movie. Who do we get to yes. do that? Or maybe it was like somewhere someone in Bad Bunny's camp or Bad Bunny was like, oh, yeah, oh, that's cool. I want to do that. And then it was like, oh, actually, I'm too famous right now. I can't spend X amount of yeah. time doing this weird thing. Yes. You haven't trapped me in a contract like Sydney Sweetie. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. Last but not least, the CinemaCon schedule has come out. This is happening in April in Vegas. This is a chance for the different studios to present their upcoming slate over the course of the year to theater owners and some invited press. Disney has a two hour slot on April 11th. There's a lot of speculation online that they're going to use this as an opportunity to announce the Fantastic Forecast. I would mm. say 100% no, they're not going to announce an upcoming cast of a movie they don't have any footage for because that's the whole point of it. Yeah. On the other hand, Disney doesn't have a lot coming out this year. I think they only have like five movies or something like that. One of them is Deadpool 3. I think there's every chance, given the timing of that, that we're probably going to show off a good chunk of Deadpool 3. A ton of Deadpool. I think this is all Deadpool. Yeah. This slot. Yeah. I, th I think we'll get some other Disney movies at the same time, for sure. Inside Out I, 2, maybe. Isn't that yeah, sort of coming? For sure. But I don't, I don't think we're going to talk about upcoming Marvel stuff. However, there's also a secret movie screening happening one of the other nights. I think there's even a good chance that might be Deadpool 3, and they just show off the whole movie to get people like, hey, get hyped. Get hyped for yeah. the MCU again. I mean, obviously, a lot of that would depend on them having an edit in hand by that point. But that uh, could be we don't know, especially with effects there. I doubt they're going to want to show off a movie that is so far away on a, from an effects sure, front. That's true. But but I mean, they are I don't know what the marketing, how much uh, how many months marketing can sustain. But so showing off, I, they're going to want to they're going to push this movie as hard as they possibly can. So mm -hmm. like whatever the formula is to do that, they're going to do it at this slot. Absolutely. All right. Once again, if you got tips or stories you want us to cover, you can email us at comicbookclublive at gmail.com. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Marvel stuff. Apple, Spotify, Android. Or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show, but not Google Podcasts. That is going away at the end of March, so please subscribe anywhere else. At Comic Book Live on Twitter slash X, Comic Book Club Live on TikTok and Instagram, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous. And update your Brett Mahoney fan pages, because huge news. Huge news.